0: Uh, I'd like for you to join me, if you will, in an interesting interesting chapter that I'll not have the time to fully explain or unpack today, but I do want to go to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and uh, read the first three verses of this very important chapter in the Bible. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 11 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know. Paul said, I want you to know this. That the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Everybody say God. God. I'm going to talk to you a little bit today from this third verse that gives us divine order. Everybody say divine order. And I I will in no way be able to fully cover or explain all that is in uh, these few lines of verse number 3. Scripture said that the head of every man is Christ. Paul wanted those who followed Him He wanted those who heard the words that he had spoken and taught, things that he had given, that had been given to him by God. He said, I want you to know as much or more than anything else that the head of every man is Christ, every man. It's interesting the the verbiage that he uses here, and the head of the woman is the man. Notice that he didn't say the head of every woman is every man. Okay? He didn't say that. He didn't say that. So if, you, if you're thinking in those terms, you're thinking wrong. Okay? He said that the head of every man is Christ, but he did not say that the head of every woman is every man. Okay. He said, he simply said, "The head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God." This week, I was reading a little bit about Mother's Day, and uh, came across a few interesting, interesting um, facts about Mother's Day. Mother's Day was originally Founded to remember fallen soldiers and a effort to work toward peace. You have to go back way over a hundred years, a hundred and thirty, forty years to get to the real meaning of Mother's Day here in North America. It's its greatest champion and, and founder was a lady by the name of Anna Jarvis. Anna Jarvis. In the 19, or 1850s, in West Virginia, Anna's mother, whose name was Ann Reeves, she held a Mother's Day type of work environment. She established clubs that were simply about improving improving the sanitary conditions and uh, lowering infant mortality rates by trying to make sure that milk was not contaminated. A lot of children were dying because of contamination in milk and she decided that she would do something about Uh, the sanitary conditions and infant mortality rate. And so uh, she started these Mother's Day work clubs to try and fight disease. And they tended to to take off and good things began to happen. But they were were really instrumental in uh, a short period of time between 1861 and 1865, these groups of women were tending to fallen and wounded soldiers of the Civil War that represented both sides. So they were not partisan with one side or the other. They were just trying to help fallen soldiers and tend to them in their uh, dying conditions. And so... Anna's mother was very instrumental in all all of this. They organized Mother's Friendship Day picnics and they were events to to unite the the former foes of the, the Civil War. So those that were on the side of the Union and those that were on the side of the Confederates, they would set up Friendship Days and bring together men that had fought on opposing sides of the war to try and uh, establish some type of peace and unity uh, within these soldiers. So, uh, this is another interesting bit of information that I found. Julia Ward Howe, does anybody know who that is? Or maybe the name rings a bell? If it doesn't, you will know her because she was the composer of The Battle Hymn of the Republic. She was the composer and uh, author of that, writer. And she issued in 1870 a Mother's Day proclamation calling for peace. It was a proclamation that had to do with women filling parlors and churches and social halls to hear sermons and talks and discussions about peace. After Anna's mother passed, she had no children of her own. Anna took up the cause of wanting to promote peace and establish a time known as Mother's Day. And it originally uh, happened in 1908 on May the 10th. And so, because of Jarvis's efforts, President Woodrow Wilson officially set the second Sunday in May 1914 as the holiday that would go forward from that time on. And that's been 113 years now that the second Sunday in May would be known as Mother's Day. Jarvis was all about the peace side of it. She was all about uh, trying to keep it out of Uh, the arena of being commercialized. In fact, she took great, great um, offense at people who began to promote it as a day of fundraising, even when charities would try and bill it as something they would do to help uh, those that were less fortunate. She did not want Mother's Day to become commercialized in any way. It, it, It was all about, for her, going home and spending time with your mother and thanking her for what she had done in your life and what she did for you. So Mother's Day, according to Jarvis, was all about going home, spending time with your mother and simply thanking her for all that she did. Now, Catherine and Tony uh, said, it wasn't to celebrate all mothers. This is interesting because I I never looked at it this way before. And Teloni said it wasn't to celebrate all mothers. It was to celebrate the best mother you've ever known. So sometimes when it comes to Mother's Day, we are celebrating mothers in general when it was originally about celebrating your mother. The best mother that you've ever known. Your mother as a son or daughter. Thus, Mother's Day in the singular sense and not Mother's Day followed by an apostrophe that would put it in the plural sense. So when you look at Mother's Day, you have to look at Mother's Day in the singular sense. The person in your life that has done the most for you, that represented mother in your life, and not just a general blanket statement that it's for every woman that has ever birthed a child. That's not what this day is about. But sometimes it falls under that guise because what Jarvis was against is ultimately what it has become. Nothing more than commercialization. Anna, Anna died at about 83 or 84 years of age. She died penniless. She died in Marshall Square Sanitarium suffering with dementia. She spent everything that she had defending Mother's Day and trying to keep it in a very plain and simple form about peace and thanking your mother for what she has done for you. She fought against all of the commercialization, even to the bitter end. She was arrested. She was discredited. She was attacked by by people on all sides. And it cost her everything. Everything. It cost her everything financially, and it cost her everything physically to establish the type of day that we have today. It's overwhelming today, the the commercialization that has happened. And let let me just talk to that for a moment. According to the National Retail Federation, Mother's Day 2017, today, everybody say today. Today today will top $23 billion in spending on this holiday alone. $23 billion will be spent today. Hallmark reports that Mother's Day is the third most popular card-sending holiday behind Christmas and Valentine's Day. The National Restaurant, I found this interesting, the National Restaurant Association says Mother's Day is the most popular holiday of the year to dine out with nearly half of all Americans eating in restaurants today. That's awesome. Sixty-nine percent of Americans will send or purchase flowers for their mothers on Mother's Day. When I purchased those carnations yesterday, the young man that was in the flower department said to me, because I was looking for a few more, and he said, man, we are out. We had a truckload of flowers that came in early yesterday morning. He said, we had a semi-truck full of flowers that we had delivered uh, this morning, which, which was on Saturday, and he said most of them are gone now, and it was about half of the day gone. I had to go to a different location to pick up a few more flowers. The white carnation was Anna Jarvis's mother. It was her mother's favorite flower. And... It was the original flower of Mother's Day. We give roses and we give all kinds of different types of lilies and bouquets and all all types of flowers for Mother's Day. But the original flower for Mother's Day was a simple white carnation. And it was Anna's mother. It was her mother's favorite flower. And, And I had to get this because when I read this statement... It, it did something to me. You know that a carnation is one of the only flowers that doesn't drop its petals. This week, a couple of different times, I have walked around the house and picked up petals from flowers, leaves that have fallen off, gathered them in my hands and, and thrown them away from other types of plants and flowers, but a carnation is one of the only flowers that never drops its petals. Anna said it this way. She explained, The carnation does not drop its petals, but hugs them to its heart. As it dies, and so too mothers hug their children to their hearts. Their mother love never dies. In 1927, when she was being interviewed, she said, that's why the carnation is so special to me. Mothers never drop their petals. Mothers never abandon their children. Mothers never walk away. Mothers just fold them closer to their heart as life gets more difficult. You notice that it did not say earlier in the quote that I gave you about Mother's Day being singular and not plural, that it did not say it had to be a biological person that you look at, but it is simply the person who has done the most for you. Those kind of people just hold you close to their heart. Those kind of people just fold you in when life gets tough. Those kind of people don't don't let you go and wander away and abandon you. The holiday started as really an anti-war statement and other places around the world celebrate it for different reasons and, and, and that's understandable. But, but how and Anna Reeves wanted to promote global unity after the horrors of the American Civil War and the Franco-Persian War. It was a mother's peace day is what it really started out about. It started out to be something simply about peace. And I think probably as much as anything else, a mother characterizes peace in a family. More than the male, more than the children, more than any other counterpart, women feel a role of peacemaker. And, and it's so vital and important that, that Paul said it this way. He said, I want you to know these things, that, that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. And this is what we have as, as a picture, if you can see it this way, of divine order according to God, and, 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 and it's ideal, all right? This is ideal, that, that it's God and Christ and the man and the woman, but right under the woman is the children, okay? Paul doesn't go ahead and, and develop all of that or talk about all of that, but you have this divine order as God being supreme, Christ being His only begotten and men falling under the headship of Christ and under that is the woman and under the woman are the children and and that's the ideal but it's not always the case for us. That's the way the Scripture wants it to be. And that's the way God sees it as being. But but it's not always that way. But but I really would say it's something that we should strive toward because uh, uh, getting to the closest version of this as possible is vital for us. It's important for you that no matter what home you were raised in or what influences you had in your life or what experiences you've been through, that that you see according to the Scripture, this is ideal. And trying to get your life as close to this model as possible is important. It's something that we all should work toward. It's something that we all should strive for. And and I want to tell you that the realities of today are far from what we see in in, in the Scripture and what the Scripture desires for for, uh, leadership and headship in the home people will tell you that's, that's impossible, you can't live that way, it's never going to happen that way, and that's outdated, and, and, and that, that's not politically correct, and there's no way to, to get anyone to accept that. Much of this has to do with authority. Much of this that we're talking about has to do with not just authority, but also where the lines of responsibility fall in the home and in a marriage and in a family and according to God. It falls under this this teaching. And and without this kind of divine design, you never never will be able to settle where where does authority lie or where does responsibility lie. Without something to come back to, without a place of foundation, then everything just spins out of control like we see exemplified in our world right now. So, I bring to your attention what what the Scripture says. That the ideal, divine design of God is for Him to be God of all. Christ to be Lord of all. For the man to realize that He is in direct accountability to Jesus Christ. See, when you think, well, I'm not accountable to anybody, you've missed, you've missed the whole point. When, when we don't live in accountability, and there's no, well, I don't have to answer to anybody. I can do whatever I want to. Then things get out of control. That's why the Scripture said that for every man, you are accountable to your head, which is Christ. That if you don't answer to another man, if you don't answer to a boss, if you don't answer, I don't have to answer to anybody in this family, you still have to answer to God. Yeah, that Jesus Christ is your head. And whether you answer to another individual on the job or, or authority that's been set up in the world, you will answer to him. All right. that's, it. that's amazing to me. That, that that that's amazing how God set all of this up. That that there's authority and there's responsibility, and we know that according to Scripture, a man has responsibility in in the home and in the family, and and probably the two greatest responsibilities uh, for men are to protect and to provide. So for men, for men in a home, husbands in a home, their their greatest responsibility is to protect their family and to provide for their family. And if they don't protect and provide, then they're not fulfilling the role in the divine order that God established. And and this is the way it's supposed to be. The Bible says that, that if a man will not work, he is worse than an infidel. That doesn't mean you have to put in 80 and 100 hours a week of manual labor, but it does mean you have to do something. To provide. If you're expecting everybody else to provide for your family, you're missing the point of divine order. And you are not responsible in that area of accountability to the one who watches over you. And if you say, well, I can't, then maybe you need to go to the head. Maybe you need to go to the one that's above you and say, God, here is the issues in my life and here are the reasons that I have that I can't do anything and everybody else has to take care of And say, I need your help. If you're over, If you're watching and looking at my life, I need your help because I want to fulfill the role that you designed me for. Okay. Men have this responsibility, and today is not Father's Day, and it's not Beat Up on Men Day, but I just want you to see that men have a responsibility. But directly under that is also the responsibility of women. And today, even even more so as we're talking about about mothers. I want to show you something in the Scripture that, that to me is one of the most amazing uh, mental pictures that I think anybody could could have when they read the scripture and slow down long enough to, to really let the words settle in on them. John, the 19th chapter, and, and verse number 25, John 19 25, the Bible said, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. I mean, how do you say any more than that? Slow down for a moment and in your mind get a picture of this. And they're stood by the cross. Not by... And and I'm sure she was there for the the triumphs and the awards and the the certificates and the, the praise and all that. But this said... By the cross, the place of His greatest suffering, the place of His greatest sacrifice, and in the view of many people, at that time, the place of His greatest defeat, His greatest loss, his, His greatest abandonment. There, right by the lowest place that He could ever get to as a human being stood His mother. It it didn't go on and specify there that that Joseph was hanging out pretty close too, and Joseph was just said right there by his cross stood his mother. Those are those, those moments when the petals are pulled close. <laughs> That's that, that's that moment that I'm not just going to be here when everything's good. I'm not just going to be here when when it's water walking time and dead raising time and, and feeding thousands time. I'm going to be here when it looks like it all fell apart. I'm going to be here when it looks like it's all over. I'm going to be here when everybody else turns their back and runs. When everybody else leaves. When everybody else quits. When everybody else throws the towel in. There by the cross stood His mother. That amazes me. The love of a mother. The love of a mother. My wife has been amazing, has been an amazing mother to our girls. And I wish I had time today just to go go through the two decades of her being a, a, a mother and all of the wonderful things that I have observed through uh, her time with, with our girls. Women carry an enormous amount of responsibility as, as I just stated earlier when they become a mother. Whatever weight you carried before, it cannot even compare to what you start carrying when you birth children. Or when you bring people into your life to mother. When you bring people into your life to do good, to help, to nurture, to invest in. And, 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 and I, I can say I'm, I'm thankful. Matt mentioned it. Tim mentioned it about their wives. I also am thankful for my wife and all of, all of the investment that she has made in, in our daughters and all all that she has done. If if I have to provide and protect, she she goes to a complete different level on things that would never in any way uh, would I be able to communicate to our children like she has been able to communicate to them. There have been times that that, um, she's been the last one to turn the lights off at night and the first one to turn the lights off in the morning. The last one to to, uh, stand by their bedside and say a prayer, and the first one to be there to kiss them and wake them up. What a mother brings to a home, what a mother brings to that divine order of God and Christ and man and the woman and the children, Woman has the most direct, the most direct touch with them. That's that's ideal. Life changed for many people when when you go back to the, the turn of the last century and and things in in America began to change as as we were in war and different places around the world and men were gone and and hundreds of thousands of lives being lost and the need was developing in, in our ever-progressing world for, for women to abandon the home and outside of the home and go into places where, where they needed to then provide and do the role that some of the men were not able or were not present to do. And so everything began to shift. Everything began... To change. And and I would say this: that men work hard, but I don't know that they work any harder than stay-at-home moms. You could could go spend an enormous amount of time in manual labor, but but it really can't compare to emotional labor that's invested in the home. It, It really can't compare to some of the efforts that that women put forth. And then when you're put into a place of having to balance both of those roles, when you're having to carry a load outside of the home and carry a load within the home, and we wonder why there's so much uh, uh, mental instability in our world. We wonder why there's so much stress. We wonder why there's so much early death in women, why there's so much uh, internal uh turmoil that goes on and medications and counseling and why? Because now they're being forced to carry the role that was not in the divine order. That's ideal, but that's not reality for most people. So I go back to the statement I made earlier. Trying to get as close to that as possible is vital and it's important that you bring what you can into alignment with what God has for His Design and desire. It's amazing. It's amazing to me uh, all of the, the work and effort that my wife has, has put into our children. If and when woman becomes a mother, all of a sudden whatever was important in your life before and whatever was... Uh, at the top of the list before and whatever was consuming your time before, all of that shifts now and the important role becomes mother. Being the nurturer. Here's just three things and I could go through a long list of these and I decided that I would not uh, take your time to go through the long list but just give you three quick things that I believe are probably the the apex of of a mother's responsibility. And first is to be an example. If you're not anything else to your children, be an example. Be an example of what is right, of what is pure, of what is holy, of what is desired by God. God is what is expected by Scripture. If you don't get anything else done, remember that you are your child's premier example. Example in everything. Example in love, example in faithfulness, example in compassion, example in mercy, example in cleanliness, example in... It just goes on and on and on. You are the number one example. Don't let anyone or anything else supersede that. Don't let anything else or anybody else, don't let their teachers, their friends, the parents, the neighbors, the the folks that are coming constantly into their life for one reason, none of them should have more or be more of an example than you are to your children. Be a positive example. Be an example that they could grow up and desire to be like, to become. You are an example. In your speech, in your attitude, in your disposition, you're an example. If you live down, they will most likely live their entire life down. Because that's what they saw. If you live if you live your life negative, they will most likely live their life negative. If you spend your time complaining and griping and fighting and arguing, then they will most likely see that as the example that they need to somehow follow in their life. And so everything becomes a challenge. Everything becomes an argument. Everything is the source of grievance in your life. You are their example. Be a positive, godly, uplifting, compassionate, nurturing example. When you're frustrated, when you're tired, when you're worn out, when you're upset, when you're mad, when you're at your wit's end, you are their premier example. And it would surprise you what they will remember. I mean things that that was it was momentary for you. It was a statement, it was an action, it was an attitude, it was a thought that came through, and that's what they remember more than anything else. Look at your neighbor and say, especially if they're a mom, you're on the job 24/7. <laughs> All the moms say, Amen. Amen. Uh, It's it's 24-7. You know, as a a father, I think, well, if they're sick, they know where the bathroom is. (laughs) Moms don't think that way. Moms don't think that way. Moms think they have to go to the bathroom with them when they're sick. It's 24-7. You are, first and foremost, an example. Second thing is, you have the greatest influence on your child. The greatest influence. My wife has more influence with my daughters than I do. What are you influencing them towards? What are you influencing them for? I'm thankful for our two grown daughters and third that will be there quickly. I'm thankful for what they have become and who they are and what they represent, but I can't take credit for that. My wife has the credit for that. As a man, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm more lenient. I'm more passive. I'm more whatever. She's not. She's in their business. She 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 stays in their business. It's her business to run their business. I mean, isn't that what moms do? They they do it. They're like all up in your business. <laughs> You, you, dads just kind of, their minds are elsewhere, and it might pass through, it might not. You might have the conversation, you might not. You might get around to it, you might not get around to it. Moms, they're, they're going to call you out immediately in front of anybody, anywhere, anytime, if it goes through. Their, they don't wait. Moms are just there in your face. And they have the greatest influence Oh, you're not thinking that. Oh, no, let, wait. You, you're, that's not the decision. No, you haven't thought this through. Well, let me tell you what this looks like, and have you considered this? And you're like, well, I, I didn't ask for all of that advice. Well, I, you don't have to ask. I'm giving it to you anyway. Most of the time, moms don't have to say to you, how are you feeling? They just look at you and say, you don't look very good. They just tell you, you need to this. You need to do that. You you as a mother have the greatest influence in your child's life. What are you influencing them toward? What are you influencing them for? Just just, just real quickly here. You you can do this. And you can be successful at this. And it may not be that ideal order, design. You may be balancing a couple roles. You may be carrying a big load in your life. But you can do this. You can be successful at it. Matt has his mother here today. She raised quite a few children by herself. Matt leads our services. Matt's one of our ministers. Matt preaches to you guys.
1: Matt invests
0: in your life. Was it an ideal situation? No, but she had such influence in his life. You can do this you can do this you know who got me up in the morning and put me down at night and took me to most things at school my mother it wasn't my dad he was traveling the world my mother took me to cub scouts my mother took me to ball practice when my dad preached against it i'm not supposed to tell you that but <laughs> when I came in at night after getting to an age to date, it wasn't my dad saying, so tell me about what happened. It was my mother in my room saying, I need to find out who you were with tonight and where you were and, and what was going on. It was, you know what? You have influence. Oh no, no, you won't be doing that anymore. No, you won't be going with them anymore. Oh, you're not. Listen, you have influence in your children's life. I talked to my mother yesterday and and. When I say I talk to my mother, I should say I listened to my mother yesterday. Because <laughs> when I call my mother, it's I'm most of the time silent on one end, and this is what my wife and children hear. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. It's na- And then after, I don't know, Tony, you're laughing. You, might, you know this is the truth. After a long time, my mother will, she'll finally say, so, so what's happening with you? <laughs> so, what's going on with you? And I'm like, Mother, I just was checking in with you. I hope you have a good day. I mean, they, they're just... That's the way it happens. And your children never get too old for you to continue to influence them. You know what? Your prayer life influences them. Your worship influences them. Your sacrifice influences them. All of this. It's an influence. The third thing is, and I'll try to wrap this up, is support. When I see the picture of Mary standing beside His cross, I see I just see her standing there with tears in her eyes. Heartbreak. An unexplainable amount of pressure. But I see her supporting him. It was one of the only personal statements was made in, in 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 his entire last little while of life had had to do with his mother being taken care of. I mean people were saying all kinds of stuff and and they were tempting him to to abandon the process and to come down and change the change the outcome and call the angels out of heaven. And people were saying all kinds of stuff and ridiculing and condemning. And Instead of responding to, to those things, He just was concerned with her. And to, to just kind of wrap it all up, moms, you're a peacemaker. And I think that Mary standing there showing her support was as much about bringing peace in His purpose. Peace in His destiny. That she knew from before He was born that this was what it was all about. And things may be going crazy in your family and out of control, but when you know the purpose and destiny of your children, your position in their life, your proximity to where they are, brings peace. Have you ever life and with your mother or that person that represents that role in your life, and when everything else was crazy, just being with them seem to calm it all if if your children feel something other than that then you're not fulfilling the role that you're supposed to fulfill it's about peace in their life work and school and friends and relationships and finances and finding their way, all of that may be crazy and stressful and overwhelming, but when they're with you, they should feel peace. Because this is all about peace. Let's stand together. If your presence in your child's life, they may be an adult, they may be an infant if your presence brings more turmoil and stress and strife and confusion and hurt, then maybe you need to step back and rethink your role and say, God, from this day forward, I need you to help me to be a peacemaker in my child's life. I want to find, I want to find a way to help them. live in peace so take your carnation and think about the little petals that never fall pull your children close let them know that they're your number one priority and if it's your grandchildren then do the same for them If it's someone else that you've brought into your life because life may have not been ideal for them, and unfortunate things may have transpired in their life. This morning when Tim was leading us in prayer and I was praying over there, I said a prayer for my mother, but I didn't just say a prayer for my biological mother, I also said a prayer for a few other ladies that have been in my life that... I look at as that motherly role. They're aged now and life is different for them and there's a lot of distance between us. But I still remember the impact that they had in my life. And I still remember how just being in their presence brought peace. And when I look at them, I see Example, influence, support. And really, there's nothing that uh, you and I, a child, could ask for more of. If I have those things, I think I can make it. I think I can survive and weather whatever storm comes. Because somebody showed me how to do it and somebody... Invested in my life, and, and somebody's there in the corner saying, You can do this. You, you, can, you can make this. You, you, can, you can handle this. You, you can get through this. I want us to, to, to come together and stand around the front for a moment, and we're going to say a prayer. We're going to say a prayer together. I want to pray especially for all of our moms that are here today pray that God would just use you and help you and if you have small children if you have young adults in your home if you have grown children if you're if you have grandchildren whatever the case may be for every mother that is here I pray that God would, help you to realize that your role is so important and your role is so vital and and we couldn't make it if it wasn't for you and we got so much to be thankful for but don't give up don't don't quit life life has its ups and downs and there are moments that that you just feel like abandoning the whole process and throwing your hands up don't quit because god has a design and god has an order and god has a way that he wants it done and, and and if we can pull our lives as close to that as possible he will be there to strengthen us and bless us and help us and encourage us and bring us through those moments let's pray together and men put your hand on your wife's shoulder there children that are here pray with your mom ladies turn to another lady that's there let's pray lord right now in your name I pray for strength in every mother that is here right now, every grandmother that is here right now. Lord, I thank you for the difference that they make. I thank you for women and those that are here that that live in that role as Mother God. I pray right now that you would help them to realize that they are agents of peace they are a mouthpiece of peace that, that God, they bring a settling into the home. They bring a settling to their children. They bring a peace to their family. Use every lady here. Use every Every mother here to fulfill that role. Help them to be godly, holy, spiritual examples. Help them, God, to be examples of prayer. Help them to be examples of faithfulness. Help them to be examples of love. Help them to be examples of peace and compassion. Help them, God, to influence their children toward spiritual things, toward holy things. God, I pray that they would always be a support, no matter if their children are at the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, help them to be there through every storm, through every day of celebration, God, I pray for every mother here today, I pray for them, I pray that you would use them, lead them, guide them. Be there with them as they go forward from this service trying to fulfill the role that you have designed for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you honor right now. We give you thanks right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you for just women in this house that feel the role of mother, strengthen them today, lift them today. Let us all feel, let us all feel the abiding love and presence of our God. We give you thanks right now. We give you peace. We give you praise as you provide peace in our lives, God. You are the Prince of Peace thank you today, we give you honor glory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God. I want you to look at that mom that's nearby you and tell them thank you if you need to tell them thank you. Tell them you can do this, don't quit, because not only... Do I believe in you? But this church believes in you today. This church, we're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. You can do this. We're about supporting families. We're about building strong families. We're about loving our children through their greatest days and their most difficult days and being there, being there to help, strengthen, and support. And I pray that that even from, even from my wife, I mentioned it to you last, last Sunday when Brother Hobson was here, that Lisa and I, in, in a uh, very real way, have been a part of, of church planting and New Starts for 20 years. I could have never done this without her. I could have never followed this call and fulfilled this role without my wife. And one of the reasons is the Scripture is so so polar opposite of what we see in the world today. And honestly with men you can kind of blur the lines and just get caught up in it all but with women that live godly and holy and pure there's a stark difference in what this world promotes. And in, in our type of environment and setting, my wife has always been an example. She's always been an example as a mother of the church. She's always in her best ability tried to influence. all oh, you are like our children. <laughs> influence. Not just you, but for 20 years, people that have filled congregations where we pastor and honestly when i've been willing to give up on people and say are you kidding me they're calling again she's like well you know maybe one more time and she's she's been the example the influence and the support And I couldn't have done that without her. I couldn't have done this without her. So I'm thankful for my wife and not just the role that she plays in our immediate family, but also the role that she plays in the church. My wife loves you guys. When I can be aloof and distant, she can. She's going to get in your business. You know what we feel here today as much as anything peace because this is a healthy family this is a healthy home this is the way god wants it to be that when you leave here on sundays you leave at peace you leave at rest you feel man all week's just kind of been like this but when i go to church what is that That's the Spirit of God flowing through the order that God has set up and us doing everything we can to align ourselves with that as much as possible. Amen. Turn to two or three people and tell them how much you appreciate them.